This is the Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. All right, glad to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. It is the Joe Pags Show. Hopefully you caught last hour. We had Rudy Giuliani on America's mayor, the mayor of New York City, when the attack happened 22 years ago. He broke down where we were then, where we are now. We really appreciate him uh, giving us some insight. Also, Bernard Carrick will be coming up this hour. He is the uh, the former New York, uh, New York City Police Department commissioner. He was the commissioner that day as well. He's now retired. He's going to break down exactly what he saw that day and, again, what he saw today. I mean, the, the, these guys were not, not very happy about Kamala Harris and Kathy Hochul and AOC and others at the memorial today. And, oh, by the way, Joe Biden didn't even go to the memorial. We've got a guy who's on hold who says that his ship was the first to be deployed after 9-11, and we want him to finish that story in a moment. Uh, but first, got to remind you, it's a Monday. If you want to watch the program, we think we have the redirect fix. Just go to JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S.com. Click on Watch Now. Should take you to the live video stream. Carrie's in the house. How you doing, Carrie? I'm doing all right. Well, we're making it happen. Sam getting her done. I don't know if it's the lead story in all the newscasts. I don't watch all the newscasts, but I don't care if you're doing a local newscast, a national newscast, an international newscast. This is the biggest story of the day, period. It just is. Now, this attack happened 22 years ago. 3,000 people died that day, and it led to two wars. It led to all sorts of consternation throughout the globe, and uh, this is the biggest story, bar none. And the idea that it's not makes me crazy, because it is. Um, At the end of the day, we have to remember who we were on that day. And who we were as a country, I think we were nicer people. I think that we were a more united people, even before the attacks. Afterwards, we were galvanized. And I have no idea, maybe AJ hit on something last hour, I have no idea what led us to be so divided as we are now. It may have been Barack Obama, who's just a big fat lion actor. It may have been him. It may have been whoever the powers that be that were supporting and who were behind him. He was not anybody who had ever had a job. He was somebody who was a so-called community organizer, who'd gone to all sorts of Occidental colleges and Harvard this and Baba Doop. He might have even had a foreign, you know, a foreign student um, scholarship. That's the allegation. We're not allowed to see his college records. We don't know who this guy was. But all of a sudden, he's on the scene, and he's, that's it. He's the next coming. And what he said in that initial speech about being his brother's keeper in 2004, only three years, two and a half, three years after 9-11, that changed a lot of things and started making people feel less than and we should be divided, and skin tone does matter again. I'm stunned they were able to do it, whoever the powers that be are. Obama didn't do it himself. He didn't just show up one day and say, hi, I'm here. Um, he had big backing. But AJ may be right. He said this last hour. Maybe that's what led us there. Who knows? At the end of the day, we're living in a country today that's nowhere near as united as it was on 9-12-2001. And one wonders why. We had Joseph on the line from San Antonio, uh, who was in the military then. I'm not sure if he is now. I'll ask him. And going to continue. He was telling the story where they found out about the first plane going into into the towers, and then the second one goes in, and then it's time to get deployed. Joseph, you don't mind. First of all, are you still in the military? 
sir. I, I, I retired in 2013. Well, we appreciate the the service that you gave us. So so far, you found out about the attack, and you're now you're with the the Ronald Reagan, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so take it from there. And, you, you you find out that you're yeah, going to be deployed. Yeah, we we were all TAD uh, to go to Theodore Roosevelt. So uh, we're on the bus. We head over there, and I'm about to wrap it up. We're on the Roosevelt. We're anyway. They told us to stand down because the Enterprise was already out there coming back from deployment. Okay. And the Carl Vincent was also out there. So they told us that the the Enterprise was told to turn her back around and to head back out there. And the Carl Vincent uh, relieved the Enterprise, and then we went out there. And well, we left on the 19th, that's scheduled, and we relieved uh, Carl Vincent. But, Joe, what, what I'm getting at, this day really bothers me because we were, you know, for one, I, we were on our ship. We broke the record. We were out to sea for 159 days straight. Wow. No land, no port, no nothing. And uh, it, it mentally, it took, a, it took an effect on a lot of people. But, uh, um, you know, I kept the, the uh, Time magazine. I had it in my rack, the Time magazine that came out when 9-11 happened. And I, every time I opened my rack, the magazine was right there, and it just reminded me why I was out there. But what I'm getting at is that it just, again, it ticks me off because we have this president in the White House that the way he pulled, the way he, he pulled out of Afghanistan, yeah. you know, and the way it left, the way we left, it just, you know, I had a friend that I lost in Afghanistan. I had a friend that I lost in Iraq. And to me, it just feels, and God, correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, me personally, I feel it was all for nothing. You know, and we're back to square one. So, but anyway, Joe, that's all I had to say, man. I just, you know, today is, this, and then it's make, it makes it even worse because, you know, when the anniversary of 9-11 happens, you know, it bothers me. But this year it's even, it's worse because the way we pulled out. Well, I don't disagree. Joseph, first of all, I want to say it again. Thank you for your service and thank you for telling the story here today and being so patient as you were on the phone. So let me say this. I don't know why. We were in Afghanistan for so long. After the fact, I don't know why we ever went into Iraq. Now, back then, we were told by British intelligence, Italian intelligence, the CIA, it's a slam dunk. Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. Did he ever? Yes. He used mustard gas on his own people, killed 5,000 Kurds. 5,000 people. So, yes, he did have it. Was he trying to make nuclear weapons? Not that I can tell. You know, Colin Powell, who was the Secretary of Defense at the time, maybe Secretary of State, um, who was talking about mobile weapons of mass destruction vehicles. You know, I, I don't know what we were doing in Iraq. Is Iraq better today than it was under Saddam Hussein? I don't know what's going on in Iraq. I'll be honest with you. I don't. Saddam Hussein was a bad guy. Horrible guy. But what intelligence we had leading us to go to Iraq has been completely blown out of the water now. So either they just wanted to do it, and this was a good reason to do it, or the intelligence really was what it was. It was just incorrect. It's one of the two. But when it comes to Afghanistan, you go in, you surgically take out the Taliban, the leadership, Mullah Omar, all these idiots, you go in there and you find bin Laden, which they eventually did. It took freaking 11 years or something. You take him out. You execute the people that you have that were the actual masterminds. You, you don't, you don't you know, talk about giving them a life sentence like Joe Biden's talking about, maybe in releasing them. And then you get the hell out. 
you stay there for 20 years because somebody's getting rich on all the all the military machinery that's being used over there, the trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars. How many people have one arm now, one leg? How many people are dead now because they were sent there? What were we doing in Afghanistan? Now, I was one for all, all for one. Go get the bad guys. Go get the people that did 9-11, anybody who gave them safe harbor, anybody who dared um, support their mission to take out 3,000 Americans. I was, listen, all of us were. But to be there 20 years? And then when you leave, you leave $85 billion in equipment and you take the military out first. You don't even say we're going to keep the air base, Bagram. You just get up and leave. So when Joseph says, what the hell were we doing there? I'm with him. When he says it was all for nothing, how can I argue? How can I argue with him that it was for something? When he lost a buddy in, in Iraq, he lost somebody in Afghanistan or maybe more than one person. When he's on a ship for 150 days, never to feel land under his feet. What were we doing? other than lining somebody's pocket who makes the machinery. I don't know. I have no idea. I do know this. We could have gone in with our technology back then was the best on earth. I don't think it is anymore, but it used to be 22 years ago. You take out the bad guys and then leave Afghanistan to fight for itself. Just get the hell out of there. Because when when Obama was in office, I said I asked this question all the time. What is the goal? What does victory look like? I remember Howard Dean at one point talking about, well, the word victory doesn't really make sense. I remember everybody, left and right, nobody would, would seem to just answer a simple question. What, what does victory look like? You'll know you won if. And then wait, let them answer. What's the if? What's the answer? And nobody could give one. Well, if we get bin Laden, then we've won. Okay, got him in what, 12? Okay, now what? Why did we stay there another 10 years? I don't know. Karen, all your years covering the news of these wars, did you ever report on what victory looked like? Uh, no, I did not. I mean, we just never, we were never able to get an answer to that. No. And the media just stopped asking. I will win if. Okay, if you take the palaces in Iraq, you got them. Did you win? Okay, we'll win if we get the Taliban out of this section of Afghanistan. Okay, we did that. Did we win? And Okay, we'll, we'll win if we get a bin Laden. Okay, we got bin Laden. Did we win? And we just kept on staying. And if you dared ask the question, you were the bad guy. You're anti-American. You were pro-Afghanistan or some stupidness. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. So, I listen, I was not on that ship with him. I did not get deployed with him. I didn't lose friends like he did in the war theater in countries we didn't know why we were there. But I am with him when he says, I'm starting to feel like it was for nothing. And then we say to ourselves, well, what was it for? What did we get out of Afghanistan for 20 years? Gave up Bagram that we built, gave up $85 billion in equipment that we all paid for. We gave up the lives of every Afghani that helped us. What did, what did we win? What did we get? What was, what was the end game? Afghanistan made sense because somebody fill in the blank. I don't know. Because it's no better today than it was then. There's no democratic, you know, government in that in that country. There's no constitution where people have freedoms and liberties. 
We didn't make it Little America. So what did we gain? And nobody even talks about Iraq anymore. I have no idea what Iraq looks like today. I have no idea. If it's being run by ISIS again or it's being run by somebody who's who's somehow democratically elected. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. We're coming right back. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. It's a Motown Monday. We appreciate you stopping by the Joe Pags Show, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. About 10, 11 minutes away from now, we'll have Bernie Carrick. Bernard Carrick, he's the former NYPD commissioner, now retired. He was the guy on the scene that day. And for a minute, the world thought we might have lost Rudy Giuliani and Bernard Carrick in the tumbling towers, in the, the wreckage left afterwards from those terrorist attacks that day. I wondered what the the mechanisms were, the systems were in place that day. He he says, and I believe him, that he's possibly the first the first person in history to shut down New York City. Like you couldn't get in, well, you couldn't get out, you couldn't get in. The only people getting in or out were first responders, and that was a major feat. Think about the size of that city with eight million plus in that city, and what do you do? Once you figure out that you're under attack, we go there. So make sure you stick around. Uh, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. If you want to watch the program, JoePags.com. Click on Watch Now. Got to remind you about 22-year high interest rates. Banks are collapsing all over the place. The real threat of a deep recession is looming. Can't think of a more important time to call my friends at Swiss America. I trust a leader in precious metals for 40 years. They help people like you and me protect our hard-earned assets. Speaking of assets, where's your money? The market? hopefully solvent bank. You never know these days, right? Listen, a lot of people are calling Swiss America like I did. With your money safely tucked away in precious metals, you can help insulate yourself and your family from economic turmoil. And right now, Swiss America is offering my listeners beautiful walking Liberty half dollars at the amazingly low price of $13.50 each. $13.50 each delivered, limit 250 coins per customer while supplies last. Get this amazing deal right now by calling or texting 800 289 2646, or visit SwissAmerica.com slash PAGS, P-A-G-S. Mention my name, Joe Pags, when you call or text 800-289-2646, or visit SwissAmerica.com slash PAGS. That's SwissAmerica.com slash P-A-G-S. Message and data rates may apply. Let me go back to the phone lines. I appreciate you taking the time. It's going to be uh, line three. Susan is in New Mexico. Susan, what's going on? Hi. Hi. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, when I, uh, regarding 9-11, um, the, it happened on a Tuesday and Monday. I was like the night, Monday night, I couldn't sleep all night. I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And it was like, almost like a premonition wow. because nothing was wrong in my life. And so of course I didn't get any sleep. So the next day, uh, watching the news while I'm at work during my break, seeing the first plane and then seeing the second plane. And then I sent some of us home if we wanted to leave. So as I was leaving, of course I was playing, um, Brooks and Dunn, only in America, crying all the way home. I had my sunglasses on. Of course, didn't hear any planes in the sky because I grounded them all. Yeah. And then I went straight to my sister's, and uh, my little nephew 
He was about four years old. He was standing with his back to the TV. The TV was on, big screen TV, with the 9-11 and everything going on. And he's like, look at Susie. And he's doing a cartwheel, oblivious to everything. You know, he's all innocent. And so I was just bawling my eyes out. I had my glasses on. Right. And I'm watching the TV. I'm watching him at the same time. I'm just kind of thinking of, you know, how innocent he was. Anyway, so that's my story. And uh, when they start showing people jumping, of course, that was horrible. And uh, Horrific. I just cried for days and days, you know. And I don't know how anybody can forget it. And I don't know how that idiot Biden can be letting all these people across the border. Um, he won't be alive to see the consequences of all the destruction he's causing. He, he doesn't have to worry because he won't be alive. He just wants a legacy. You know, that's all he wants. And the, the, you know, the, the legacy people come through. The, the legacy is not a good one. Susan, uh, Susan, I appreciate you calling in. I was going to call you Susie because you said it ain't Susie. But Susan, I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, I mean, he's he's in his 80s. He, he, you know, lucky if he's lucky, he'll get another 20. And I'm not asking for the guy to, to, to go any sooner. But having said that, yeah, what is he setting up? What is he setting up for the next generation? Because, again, you had 19 people on 9-11. Many of them overstayed their visas. Therefore, they were illegally in this country. 19 people did that. What would 7 million do? I mean, think about it. I mean, let's stop the BS. 19 people here illegally. Well, many of them illegally. Compared to 7 million. I mean, it's kind of simple math, isn't it? They could do almost anything they want if they wanted to. We have no idea who they are. And we allegedly knew who these 19 were because we let them, most of them in on visas. Let me go back at it. Let me say hello to Kirk uh, in Pennsylvania. Kirk, come on. Hey, Joe. Hey. Um, on 9-11, we, I worked at a minor league ballpark in Altoona. And in turn, we went out into the ballpark. We were working, my sister and I, and the plane flew right over our ballpark. Wow. And it wasn't more than a couple thousand feet above us. I mean, it was eerie because it's like, why is a plane that low? Because we have no airports that can handle it. And it got by us, and next thing you know, my phone rang. Picked it up. My brother is in the Air Force, McGuire Air Force Base, New Jersey. He says, hey, there was a plane hijacked. It's going to be coming your way. Oh, man. And I said, it just went by us. And he said, well, beware. They're sending two F-18s to take it out. And we're 40 miles from, or yeah, 40 minutes from Shanksville. And by the time the plane went down, the F-18s got there too late. But yeah, I don't know if I was one of the last people to see the plane or not. Stunning. Kirk, I appreciate the phone call. I mean, the, the whole story that goes along with that plane in Pennsylvania about let's roll and about, you know, they're just not going to sit back and let these people get away with what they're trying to do. Um, the heroes on that plane, you can't say enough about them. And yeah, we knew that they were they were scrambling, you know, all sorts of military apparatus to try to stop what might be coming next. But the people on that plane, on those planes, on that plane specifically, who were taking on the bad guys, we owe them a debt of gratitude that we can never pay back. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. He was the police commissioner on that day in New York City. Bernard Carrick and Rudy Giuliani, I believe, saved that city, saved this country, And we get with Bernie up next. He's going to fill us in on what was happening that day and uh, what he feels about what he sees in New York today. Keep it here. Coming back. This is the Joe Pags Show.